Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 69. Royal Caribbean's Quantum of the Seas has become a huge hit with cruisers, critics, and pretty much everyone in between. And one of the people who's been at the forefront of what Royal Caribbean has been doing is our friend Bill Martin, Royal Caribbean Chief Information Officer. Bill is back again on the podcast this week to discuss how technology on this new ship has been working and what's next for Royal Caribbean in terms of tech. Here we go. So we're talking with Bill Martin, CIO of uh, Royal Caribbean, once again. Welcome back, Bill. Thanks. You know, one of the things I was thinking about, as I mentioned earlier, I'm in IT as well. And being in IT, the number one fear is, I don't know about you, but I always feel like, oh, God, it's going to break at any second. You know, you're always worried that it's going to, it's going to, it works great now, but what happens, you know, at four o'clock in the morning, right? Yeah. So how do you, the technology is working great, but I mean, do you have, how do you, Sleep, not to say sleep at night, but how do you, you know, how do you feel good about the the technology continuing to work, not just today, but you know, down the line and and you know, years and, and that when you leave the ship, when your team leaves the ship and you hand it off to the quantum crew fully, that this is going to work very very smoothly and and no issues. Well, that's where you just reinforce uh, productionizing uh, the applications. So many of the applications are really just reaching a stable point now. Um, in fact, the, the dining seating application, there's a mobile version of it that really only started being used about four days ago. Um, that was the last application system to go live. Yep. And um, it's, it's being watched like a hawk. We're, we have about 150 IT people on board, each of them monitoring different application or infrastructure systems. And once they get it to a stable point, then we go into what we refer to as formal change control. Uh, meaning everything has to go through QA testing, unit testing. Uh, it goes through a stage environment, then it goes into production. Sure. And uh, that's how you create that stability. And uh, frankly, for the last 10 days, we've been rather unstable because it's, uh, it's, there's an awful lot of new systems. All of the other systems that we have on our other ships, in many cases, have changed because of things like that little bracelet that you have on your wrist. Yeah. Now it's RFID-enabled. Uh, everything from point of sale to your room key to slot machines. You know, the old slot machines with the player tracking uh, yeah. capability, the loyalty programs, you used to stick your room key in the machine, and then when you left the machine, you would take it out. If you, you remembered. Had, if you remembered. Yeah. Uh, now you don't have to stick it in the machine. You take the RFID card or your bracelet, and you just tap it. And you tap it, it monitors your play, and then you tap out. Let me ask you this, because the RFID is something you're bringing up, and it's um, I've been following what Disney's been doing in their theme parks with RFID. They they went really into it in terms yep. of its implementation, and they did. They would when they when they implemented it, they started out with with testing and they with the public, and they would you know they yep. grew it out and they went through a lot of growing pains and mostly software wise. Granted, their system is a little yep. more complex because they got a lot more going on in terms of the reservation system and everything how they're making it work. How do you? I mean, this is really is the first. The transatlantic was what the real first test outside yep. of a test environment, like with real people really yep. using it. How do you talk about the strategy behind implementing RFID and making sure that obviously it does what it's supposed to do, but it does what it's supposed to do without without fail? Because it's been rock solid since I've been here. It always opens the door. Yep. It's never like it forgets who I am. I actually tra- I wanted to, I had a different color band. I wanted a different color one, so they were <laughs> they transferred it, no problem. So how do you talk a little bit about the strategy of its implementation? Well, the RFID is is really intended to simplify the experience. So you've got the bracelet on. I don't know whether you have your room key in your pocket or I not, don't. but you don't need it. That's right. Um, if you were in the Caribbean and you wanted to go lay out by the pool, you might have your bracelet on, and uh, you don't have to carry your key. Um, but at the same time, 
uh, a lady going to dinner in an evening gown that might want a formal picture doesn't want that bracelet. So right. they'll have their their key in their, in their clutch. And that, so it's, it's really about the options that it presents. I will tell you that um, the old Stripe keys uh, tend to get demagnetized, particularly yes. in this age where you're carrying a phone in your pocket or you get it anywhere near uh, a, a magnet snap or anything, it, it will demagnetize. Sure. So we would replace, you know, 100 keys or so per cruise. Uh, we, oh, yeah. st- we still haven't had anybody that needed to replace their key because it became demagnetized <laughs> uh, since we got on quantum. So cool. that's good. It's easy to use. Um, if you've got something in your hands, you don't have to hold the key to get in your door. You can just kind of run your wrist by it, and you're, you're in. Um, it's, 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 that's, the intention is just ease of use. Sure. Now, on the back side of that, it's an incredibly sophisticated technology. Um, it's embedded in our point-of-sale systems. It's embedded in the, the room locks. And it, there's 19 different devices that can read a wristband or a RFID card. On this cruise, the, the WOW bands were given to us all complimentary. On, on real cruises, they're going to have a small fee associated with them. Nope, they're complimentary. Really? They will be complimentary. Oh. Um, we will have some uh, upgraded bands uh, oh. in the gift shop, um, some some bands that might be a little more attractive, might yeah. be more, more like a watch or something. But the silicone bands like oh, wow. we have on uh, are complimentary. Do you have any idea of what kind of adoption rate you're looking to get from it or what do you expect to get from it? We really don't have any sense uh, for what it will be. Um, I would, if I'm just taking a wild guess, I would guess that at least half of the guests will use them. I will tell you on the crossing, we were surprised by the number of people, particularly older people, um, that were wearing them around proudly and saying, yes, I've got my wow band and it works. And uh, uh, we thought with the younger set, it would be very popular. But we were a little surprised that virtually everybody liked using it. That's great. With implementing RFID, it's it's a trend obviously in travel. We mentioned Disney. There's a lot of hotel chains that are starting to go to this. Is there... Is there a sale, not a sales pitch, but is there, does RFID bans, you think, lead to better onboard revenue, which is one of the driving forces for a profitable quarter for Royal Caribbean these days? Sure, because it makes it easier. If you go out by the pool and you've got your room key and it's on the other side and you, the waiter comes by and wants to sell you a drink, but you don't want to go to the other side of the pool to grab your, because you happen to be sitting in that edge of the pool. If you've got your wristband on, you say, yeah, and you just, you you tap his, uh, his tablet and you're good to go. Cool. So, yeah, it certainly increases uh, sales. You don't think you were on the transatlantic, were you? I was not on the transatlantic. It's the only thing I've missed. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> so you've been here for a couple of days, and, and you're yep. going to be on here. What's been your – what has – now that you've seen real people using real tech, your technology you've been developing for literally years, yeah. what's been your – what's struck you uh, after seeing how people actually use it in the real world? Um, there were two. Uh, I'll point out two things. Um, we really had – high expectations for the next generation embarkation process. We call it no check-in, check-in. Yeah. Um, and it, that has gone even better than I imagined it would. Uh, there's There really is no queue at all at the oh. terminal. People are just flowing through, talking to people that are holding the tablets. And I think the, the biggest thing, uh, and it's been really particular on this tonight, is the, the bandwidth. Yeah. Um, people's use of the bandwidth. Uh, it was in the North Star about two hours ago. And there were, I think there were 14 people in the North Star with me. And I did a Google Hangout with my daughter, who was back in Miami. And there were three other people using FaceTime, cool. all in North Star. Wow. And I think the, the thing that we may have underestimated from the bandwidth is how much sharing and publicity is going to come from, from guests sharing their experience off of the ship. 
uh, <laughs> with people back home. The bandwidth is the story, though. It's just, it's absolutely incredible. We're still tuning the wireless environment on board, but the, the usage off of the ship, um, we have been promoting it. Um, to, we want people to use it. We did the world's largest selfie uh, yeah. at noon today. While they were, while everybody was up on the pool deck, I was down here talking to another reporter, and I was streaming Netflix in high definition <laughs> while everybody was uploading their pictures. Yeah. It, was, it was spectacular. And we're monitoring very, very closely that use to see what kind of volume we're getting. And uh, even if we're just pushing people to use it and everything that I've described, we're really only topping out between two and 300 meg. Cool. And that's only about half of what we have. Wow. So we've got plenty of capacity for a paying guest. One of the things I've noticed, can't help but notice, is bionic bars sometimes works. They- well, that is a technology that is so brand spanking yeah. new. It's the only place it exists in the world. And uh, we only engaged them in April of this year. Oh, wow. Uh, to, to build this for us. Um, it was an idea. Um, it was kind of a wild idea, uh, which we, we do that when we do our new builds. We come up with lots of wild ideas, and we see what will stick. And there's been a few that have not stuck, and we've gotten we've we've gone away from them. I, I can't tell you what they are, um, <laughs> but there's been some really wild ideas that have gone away. But uh, the Cplex is a, is a wild idea that really is a hit, is a home yeah, run, absolutely. absolutely home run. We found Maker Shaker in Italy, and um, they uh, they to their credit, they have made it work. And uh, it's still going to be, you know, yeah. a little glitchy uh, through these inaugurals. But I can tell you that over just in the past seven days, they have made massive strides. Um, it was the, one of the last things installed on the ship. Um, so they really only had a week or to ten days sure. to really get it to where it's at now. Give them another week to ten days, and that thing is going to be really, really dynamite. And it's fun. Yeah. That is a fun thing to watch. It's always a crowd. I mean, I... 9 a.m. in the morning, there are people, I mean, they're at the bar, yeah, but they're yeah. not drinking, but they're just watching. Yeah, people yeah. just like, yeah, whatever, make anything. Make I don't care. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I just yeah, want yeah. to see the robots do it. And they can make pretty much anything you want. Yeah. You can do custom drinks. You can do, uh, and just watching them, you know, the, the speed at which they move around, and um, it's, it's just a fun thing to watch. Have you considered a red dot that talks to you? You know, like, well, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid I can't do that would yeah. be the answer when you can't. <laughs> Our chairman says, uh, you know, everybody asks if you can uh, get advice from the, the, the bionic bar. And yeah. the answer is yes, you can get advice from the bionic bartender. And uh, we guarantee that it's no better or worse than you would get from your bartender <laughs> back home. So, uh, <laughs> that works. It's good. And you do tip, but all of the, the tips, uh, all the gratuities from the bionic bar go to the crew welfare fund. Great. So. That's wonderful. Yeah. Let's talk future now. Quantum yep. is, I don't want to say behind you, but it's obviously everything you had planned for it is implemented. It's working. Almost stable. Almost stable, <laughs> right. So you yeah. can start to emerge from the quantum yep. thought process here. What's what's next for, for Bill and, and the rest of your team here? What are, you, what's your, what are you looking to? I think that there's going to be incredible demand uh, to try to grow the bandwidth uh, that we've done here. Uh, Even more than you have already? Across the fleet. Oh, across the fleet, okay. Yeah, yeah. grow it across our fleet, and that is uh, something that is it's in our crosshairs, is to find a way to leverage that bandwidth even further. Okay. I know one of the things, you're, you're always quoted in a number of really well-known publications dealing with IT, Business Week, Information Technology. I mean, there, there's tons of them. Mm-hmm. If you're looking at your crystal ball here, forget Royal Caribbean for a second, what do you think is the next big thing in technology? Where do you see really the, the, the movement going here? Um, the Internet of Things. Internet of um, Things. I think is really the next – in that world, is already starting to crack open. Sure. And it's going to be a consumer hit as well as an industrial hit. 
Um, the, the ability for me to grab my phone and see my condo um, when I'm not there yeah. um, through a camera lens or to, to control the thermostat in my home before I get home or to see where my car is. Sure. Um, to unlock my car, turn the air conditioning on before I get in it. I I just got a new car uh, back home, and I have I have the ability to pull up my phone and and talk to my car. Yeah. <laughs> um, that is the the future of of things on the internet. It's more so than people using the internet. It's things talking on through the internet. Um, that's going to open up entirely new worlds that I don't think we can quite fathom yet. Sure. Um, and when people ask me, one of the most exciting things about the the bandwidth that we have on this ship. The most exciting thing is the things we haven't thought of to do with it. Yeah, we have a Xbox pod up in the Cplex. Yeah, it's not just an Xbox pod; it's Xbox Live. Right. So you can game live with other players in your home community. Yeah. Um, even though you might be 200 miles out at sea. Cool. I've noticed, one thing I've noticed picked up on it in terms of technology on board. It's not one vendor. I was expecting to come aboard. Honestly, I thought it was, this was going to be the Microsoft ship, based on no, the no, thing. But yeah. you, there's. Northstar has Macs in there. Yep. Uh, obviously, we talked about the Xboxes. Yep. There are Lenovo machines elsewhere. Yep. There's there's a whole slew of technology in there, and I found that kind of interesting because usually you you kind of see companies branding with other companies, right? They'll, they'll partner with Microsoft, yep. they'll partner with Apple, they'll part, and they that's what all you see everywhere. Talk to us about why you didn't do that and kind of the advantages. I'm assuming there's you probably yep. went for the good reason well, of why you did that. Sure. The, the reasons are we go with the best product for the best application. Okay. And uh, frankly, we have almost 1,000 mobile devices floating around the ship that are in use by the crew, whether that be for electronic waivers out of our onboard activities or the electronic mustering when we do our lifeboat drill. Um, those can be Motorola devices. The show ticketing, uh, which is kind of ironic because we call it show ticketing, but we never print a ticket. Uh, it's associated with your, your bracelet or your yep. room key. Um, but those are Android devices um, at the door of the, of the show lounge. Yep. Um, we use iOS devices for the Royal IQ stations yep. up in the, in the guest services and shore excursion desk. Um, you can download our app to whatever mobile device you have, um, and we use Windows. Yeah. We use Windows tablets uh, down in the dining room. We use Dell. We use Lenovo. Uh, Android, iOS, we, we use them all because we're looking for the best solution for the application that we're using. Great. Bill, thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. What a pleasure it was to have Bill back on the podcast again, and I love getting in on the inside, so to speak, of what Oro Caribbean's thinking, doing, and you know, we did that interview on Quantum of the Seas, and obviously it's, it's turned out to be a great ship, as you heard from actually last week's episode, and hearing from Bill, I really felt like we got some really great insight on what's going on there. But of course, I want to make sure we're going to be getting your questions. I know last week's episode, we didn't have time for the questions, but we got plenty this week, so we're going to work them all in there. And I also want to wish everyone who's listening from the United States a very happy Thanksgiving. Hope you're enjoying the holiday, and it's very restful, and you're thankful for everything that's been for you. For me personally, I am so thankful for all of you who become such a great part of this podcast. It, it really is amazing to me to think about where this podcast is today, where this blog is today, compared to where, where it was just one year ago at this time. So thank you all so much. You are what make this podcast and blog really go. So let's get things going. We have our first emails from Paul Jones of Marlowe, England. Hi, Matt. Just before I ask my question, I would like to mention today is the 29th of October, and I have driven over 80 miles to the port of Southampton in the UK just to have a look at the arrival of the world's most high-tech cruise ship, Quantum of the Seas. 
And may I say, wow, what a ship. She's beautiful. Looking at her brought a tear to my eye, or it might have just been the wind blowing my face. <laughs> to all the cruisers that have booked to sail on her, I feel very, very jealous. I can't manage to book a cruise on Quantum of the Seas, as I've already booked two cruises for 2015 with Royal Caribbean, but... After watching this fantastic ship dock, I went straight ahead to the local travel agent and booked a 13-night Canaries cruise in September of 2015 on Anthem of the Seas. I can't wait. Now back to the question I was going to ask. After all your podcasts, 65 so far, what has been your favorite podcast and favorite topic for discussion? Love the podcast. Keep the good work. You've still got my vote for podcast of the year. Paul, very nice. Thank you so much for all the compliments in there. I appreciate hearing uh, from all of our listeners with such great uh, opinions of the podcast makes it does honestly it makes a big difference to me to answer your question hmm, honestly the episode that really always sucks in my mind is one of my favorites to do was our one year anniversary show which was episode 52 it was our live broadcast where we had a lot of our callers calling in we were talking about the discussion was interior versus balcony staterooms but honestly it was just so much fun talking to all of you live on the air and getting a lot of people calling in and just talking Royal Caribbean together we had I had a lot of doozy while I was doing it maybe that helps a lot also but that was a really fun episode I gotta tell you so that one was I think a really great episode also episode 50 I really liked uh, that was the Royal Caribbean versus Disney Cruise Line with my good friend Len Testa and Laurel Stewart we had a great discussion about that and I, I think that was very informative it's always what I'm looking to do on this podcast is obviously dole out information as much as I can I think that was a really good comparison so that one definitely stuck on my head and I mean we just had Bill Martin on today's show and of course we've had Nick Weir the Royal Caribbean Vice President of Entertainment on there and so anytime we can have that kind of cachet on the podcasting really again what it's about is giving you a look at maybe some things you might not find anywhere else and, I, and I'm hoping that's the case and I really feel like those episodes really stand out as great topics. I mean, the other thing is, you know, all the episodes we do where we review cruises from people like uh, like people like yourself that come on the podcast and we talk about what their plans are and how their cruise went. And I think those are so rewarding, so informative for a lot of people who are taking similar cruises and they can learn so much from that. So to answer your question, I just gave you about 50 episodes of the 60 or so, but honestly, I think you get the idea that some definitely stick out of my mind, but it's so much fun. That's what I really love about it. So thank you very much for the email. Uh, let's go to our next email. It's from Christopher Percy, of course. Christopher writes, in episode 65, ooh, there we go, timely, all right, the interview with Bill Martin. Bill certainly provided excellent input on this week's podcast. I take my hat off the management teams at Royal Caribbean for always looking at new ways to provide a wow cruise experience. That is one of the reasons I am loyal to Royal. Value is important to me, and having the latest tech and innovative ships combined with a great value is a combination that sets Royal Caribbean apart from other cruise lines. I agree, Christopher. I think Royal Caribbean does a great job with you know, really getting the, the implementation of really cutting-edge technology on these cruise ships, making it work, and of course, it's still making it affordable for the rest of us. So that makes a, a big deal, no question about it. Well, let's go to our next emails from Rahul. Thanks for hosting such a fun and informative blog. I'm planning my upcoming cruise on Quantum of the Season. Wanted to get your advice. My girlfriend and I have been dating for some time, and I think I'm ready for the next step. The more I think about it, the more it makes sense. The cruise would be perfect venue for a proposal. Do you have any thoughts, any recommendations on whether it would be nicer to do on the ship versus on an excursion, and where, cost versus no-cost options? I was thinking of proposing on North Star, but that may be cheesy. Do you know of any Royal Caribbean options that may have for such an event? My last cruise was on the Nordic Empress, so I've been out of the loop for a while. Any ideas you can share would be greatly appreciated. Well, Raul, first of all, good luck. I <laughs> hope it all works out for you. You know, this is 
certainly I think something that is a great idea and in proposing on a, on a cruise vacation, man, doesn't, you know, that's, that's memorable, right? Going to make that vacation stick out quite a bit. So where's the place to pop the question? Ooh, this is a tough one. I got to tell you. Actually, you know, I thought your North Star hit wasn't bad. I don't think it's too cheesy. I think it's great. I mean, you got to, it doesn't get much more romantic. Maybe take one in the evening around sunset or I, I think waking up in the morning for sunrise is probably not a great idea. She'll be half asleep. Like what? 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 <laughs> but maybe sunset is a good one. That might not be, maybe you're all dressed up anyway. Like you're going to go to dinner. And before you go to dinner, you'll go on North Star to go check out the sunset. That's, you know, th- that way you can get like, nice photos instead of. You know, photos of you guys in your bathing suits. So that might not be a bad idea. The only problem with the North Star, of course, is you can be there with up to about another 12 or so people. And not impossible and, and you know, not, not the worst thing in the world, but it's not exactly intimate, perhaps. So other places that might make sense, you know, one of the places, actually, if you want intimacy, I would say Deck 4, which is that deck that wraps around the entire ship. You can walk. There's lots of chairs. There's usually not many people on there. And you can really find a spot, maybe all the way in the aft of the ship. Just find somewhere that, you know, when the moment strikes you, and this is nice, no one around, the moonlight out there, and, you know, you're kind of sitting there, and maybe you're holding her, and you're saying, you know, I mean, this is, isn't this a lot of fun? I've had such a great time with you, and... I'm not giving you lines here to use, but, you know, you, you go for the popping the question there. That's not a bad idea at all. Um, but otherwise, you know, if you if you're for if, if you if you want to make it a spectacle and you, and you don't mind a little audience, you know what? The other thing I would suggest, talk to the cruise director, go to there, try to either track him down or post a message through guest relations and say, hey, this is what you want to do. And they can work with you. I'm sure there's some option that can work that honestly they'll do for free or probably I, I would i can't imagine they really charge anything but they can maybe bring you on before a show something that will really surprise her and that can work too so wishing you the best of luck really hoping that it will really work out for you and let us know how it works out and what you ended up deciding on so thank you Raul. next we have an email from jose pena writes hi matt i am a fan of your podcast i have two questions that i hope you can answer you mentioned that you went to the parrot tree beach resort in roatan did you book ahead of time or did you go to the resort the day of the cruise that you arrived in roatan Actually, we didn't book that resort per se. I actually booked a driver, and I kind of left it up to the driver to figure out what we were going to do. I can tell you, though, the driver essentially just showed up. I don't think the driver made any reservations at all. The resort was by far not very crowded. Now, granted, we were going in February, so this is not exactly peak time of the year. There were other guests there, but if you wanted to book that you know, that, that particular resort, sure, calling ahead is probably not a bad idea. Just so you can, Again, you can reserve your spot just in case, because you know, there's other ships that do dock around there, so you want to make sure you get your spot in there, but we didn't do that in advance. Honestly, we just did the, we booked our driver, and the driver brought us there, and it just happened to work out. They had space, so um, I, but I think he called ahead, but again, yes, I would probably recommend making reservations in advance. Jose's other question, have you considered a podcast about cruising in Europe on a Royal Caribbean ship? We'd love to hear more information about Europe in general. Also, because of your podcast, my wife and I have booked another cruise of the Royal Caribbean. Our first was with Royal Caribbean, but I did not like our first cruise and could not figure out what the fuss was all about. Later on, we've gone on other cruises with Carnival Norwegian and love cruising and decided to give Royal another try. Thanks for the podcast. Awesome. Glad to hear that you're you're trying it in, and I, I think you're going to have a great time. By the way, he writes in the email later on, uh, this cruise is a 12-night Mediterranean Greek Isles cruise out of Barcelona on August 20th on Vision of the Seas. Cool. That's, I think it's going to be a great sailing. So, and Vision just got its refurbishment lately, so I'm hoping you're going to have a great time on there. To answer your other question about cruises to Europe, of course, I think you probably know this by now, but I'll mention it anyway. We've done actually a couple of podcasts about cruising to Europe. You, you've probably heard a couple of podcasts actually in the last couple of weeks. We had uh, our good friend Dono, and he came on here to talk about 
cruises to uh, the Mediterranean, and just European cruises in general. And that was episode 63. And we had another kind of follow-up episode uh, when he came back on in episode 67. That was another European cruise. And again, I'm trying to get coverage across the board because I recognize, trust me, Royal Caribbean is not just cruising to the Caribbean and or, or cruises out of North, North America. These are cruises everywhere. And I want to be very sure I'm covering all of it. So... I love the idea. Thank you very much. I'm going to make sure we get more European coverage in there, especially as we get closer to next spring and summer when the European season comes back. I know it's going to be a very hot topic, and I want to make sure we can answer all of your questions. So if uh, if, if we're not covering it as well as we can, please let us know. I love hearing about it. Matt, M-A-T-T, at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. Next, we have an email from Heather from South Carolina. Mom and I have 11 days and counting till we sail on Freedom of the Seas for the first time. Yeah! I like that enthusiasm. People ask me the questions. How do I get Indian food every night in the main dining room, and do they have other choices like Greek food? So here's the thing. you To make dining requests, what you can do is you can do you can either email Royal Caribbean. I believe it's the email special underscore needs at rccl.com. But the one thing I do, I don't even bother with that, honestly. What I do is I go to the main dining room on day one of my cruise, embarkation day, you know, you'll have lunch or whatever. But like around 1, 2 o'clock, go down to the main dining room. There's a head waiter on duty there. And you can go and talk to the head waiter and say, hey, you know, I would like to have, in my case, I said, I'd like to have Indian food. And the first time I did this, I kind of lied and said I wanted I eat vegetarian. And thus, I knew their Indian dishes were all vegetarian. So that was the angle I went with. But in subsequent cruises, I just said, hey, I really like Indian food. Is there any way I can get an Indian dish in addition to everything else that's on the menu every night in the main dining room? The head waiter said, no problem. In fact, the last time I think he said, sir, this crew we have, I don't know, I think, I think he was exaggerating. He said, well, half the crew is from India. We've got plenty of Indian food to be made. No problem. He took down my the name of my um, table or my waiters, something like that. He took some information off my CPAS card. And lo and behold, I had it not that first day because they had to get it ready, but day two. And every day after that, my waiter always had Indian food waiting for us. Now, if you want Greek food, yeah, you can ask for that kind of stuff, assuming they have the ingredients, right? They can't just go and you know make up stuff if they don't have it. I don't know if your if your food that you want has coconut in and they don't have coconut, they can't do that. But if you want to, if there's like you know you just want to have maybe a nice salad with feta cheese, cucumber, some all black olives, you know, basically a Greek salad every night, you can ask for it. Absolutely. Now, keep in mind that a lot of these things are available in the wind chamber, just like my Indian food. So you don't have to do this necessarily, but if you want it in the main dining room, that's the way to do it. So I always recommend it. Heather also says, we have a late seating, but we can do any time dining on some nights so that we don't miss any shows. Yeah, that should be fine. Just again, let them know and they can hook it up for you. And is the Coco Loco the same as the Labadoozy and will they make it on the ship? Thanks for all you do. I've learned so much. To answer your question, the Coco Loco, which is the special drink, per se, of Coco K versus Labadoozy, which is the special drink of, Lab- of Labadee, they're essentially the same drink. I've looked at the at the ingredients, orange juice, pineapple juice, papaya juice, coconut rum, dark rum, grenadine, and some ice. Yeah, it's basically the same thing. So, uh, But, of course, the ambiance is a little different when you're drinking it, but it's pretty much... The same thing, and usually they can't make. I've had it made on the ship. I think the only issue is the ice access because in the way they have it. But I've had it made for me on bars on the ship because I remember one time we were at the bar. I was with my wife, and we were and we were thinking about what to order. And I told my wife, I said, you know, I really just want a lot of doozy. And she goes, well, Why don't you just ask them to make it? That's a great idea. So I asked them, and there you go. I got it made for me. So never never hurts to ask. No question about it. 
And we also have an email from Elizabeth from Oklahoma. Matt, I wanted to share some of our port excursions with your listeners. We are a family of five, three daughters, ages five to 14. Love this idea, by the way. So she's got a bunch here. I'm going to read through them really quick. In Nassau, the Atlantis, Atlantis Beach Day, three beaches, snorkel on your own, lunch, the dig exhibit aquarium. You don't have to, you don't have enough time here. Time flies. We want to do the water park rides too, but there isn't enough time to enjoy the beaches. I'm planning next visit to do just the beaches or just do the water park rides. Freeport, semi-sub boat ride and under boat viewing area. Do not advise. If I would have bought nausea medicine, I would have been rich. Lots of people feeding the fish if you get my drift. Ouch. Well, it's good to hear. I like, I we like to hear good and bad. So that's great recommendation there. Key West, trolley ride. Trolley was slow and made lots of stops. It was July and also very hot. I would rather just walked around where the boat drops you off and lot do lots of stuff walking distance from there. Sloppy Joe's is really close. Must eat chocolate covered key lime pie on a stick. I like that idea. Hmm, where can I get some chocolate covered key lime pie on a stick? <laughs> Cozumel, Chacanab Park Pet the Dolphins was really awesome. Nice place to do it. And Playa Mia, lots to do. Met expectations. Great little kids water park area too. They loved it. In Progresso, the uh, there's some ruins I cannot even begin to pronounce them. <laughs> it starts with a D. Anyway, the ruins were really neat. It was really hot in July. Bring snacks, fans, and stay hydrated. We had some dehydration and low blood sugar to deal with. Luckily, they have a convenience store selling the best Mexican Coke you'll ever drink. That's right. You know what the difference, by the way, if you don't know, Mexican Coke between American Coke is in Mexico, the Coke they sell there is made with pure sugar as opposed to the United States, where it's the Splenda or whatever it is, the chemicals they use. Little stirrup K, relaxing on the beach, struggling on your own, great food and drinks on the beach. Montego Bay, resorts for a day to Sunset Beach Resort exceeded my expectations. It was safe and clean and very gorgeous. No hassles or vendors bugging you. The food was the best ever. Lazy River, water slides, paddle boats on the beach, jerk chicken, all-you-can-eat buffet, ice cream, free drinks, and free frozen non-alcoholic drinks for the kids. Nice. And at Grand Cayman, amphibious bus drove us around for a little tour and even took us to a beach club on Seven Mile Island called Royal Palms. Royal Palms was awesome. We were starving. When we arrived, the kids went to the most awesome clear beach I've ever seen. I went for the food. The waiter on the beach said, sit here. We got our own cabana on the beach for nothing. We ordered pizza and hot wings and Cokes and had a great time and never wanted to leave. So beautiful. That's awesome. Sounds great. Love that, Elizabeth. I have an open invitation for all shore excursion reviews. Just email them over as you take them, as you remember them. I love hearing that because I think that really helps people. Again, that's all we're here about, helping people plan their Royal Caribbean trip. So I think that'll do it for us today. And of course, want to hear from you. You can email me, Matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Love getting those emails from all of you and love reading them here so we can share them all together. So until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg. We'll talk again soon.